thank you for your word, Father God. That ancient word of yours was still life-giving today. Would you continue to reveal more of yourself to us and more of your spirit as we ponder, as we think, and as we're encouraged, Lord, to learn from your words now? Would you speak through your servant, through the power of the same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the grave? In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, um, actually this morning, uh, the first session in more felt a bit like, uh, like a, cl- a closing meeting. <laughs> so uh, we have a saying in Holland, uh, something uh, is like mustard after the meal. <laughs> something like that in, in England. Like mustard off the meal, you would say. It's, it's already finished, and then somebody has a, you know, it's like, it's like somebody has a sermon, and then uh, the one who closes has another sermon. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the this is the the more spiritual ending. <laughs> this morning was funny, it was nice, balloons and things, but now we're going to the Bible, and actually we even are considering to have a prayer meeting at one o'clock. <laughs> in this room, <laughs> plenty of room there. In this room, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did you hear that, Franz? No. What? I just have two holes in the plane in the world. No, no, they are not. It is. It is very relaxed, you know. Yes, I can just pick the best team and be, and that's my favorite team. Um, I wanted to, to to begin with this verse. I mentioned it already um, in the, the yesterday. Uh, it's a very um, um, beautiful verse. And actually, a few verses where are. Um, Paul is speaking in 1 Corinthians 14 about prophecy and speaking in tongues and etc. And then at the end he he gives this description. Uh, he doesn't really um, tell us how we should have our meetings, but he just gives a description of how it probably was in those days. And 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 it's uh, it, and when I first read that, I thought, oh boy. Uh, so um, they had meetings and. Um, and then each of you has something. Uh, a, a hymn, or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or invitation. Um, now, uh, because this chapter is about prophecy and tongues, we often uh, think of this only in, in terms of this kind of supernatural revelations, which is possible, but it's also just a hymn or a word of instruction, and... Um, sharing things together and, and, and it's um, it, I, I, I told you about we having a, such a meeting in the Bible school and later also in the church where we were and, and those were such beautiful meetings and uh, and yesterday we were together in, in the afternoon for a, for, a, for a worship time, I don't know who was there and it was also a time where we would just people would just share and, uh, and one of you even shared a, a, a painting, somebody's uh, making a drawing over there and, uh, 
and um, and that I, I, in, in a way I felt um, maybe that is something you could consider as a as a congregation uh, for for uh, could that be something uh, that that you could do something with maybe once in a while or. Uh, when I walked into your church, uh, your church <coughs> building with Maki, uh, and I saw the sanctuary, you call it sanctuary, the meeting room, and, and, um, and the way you meet, you, you're, you're quite informal in the way you meet. It's not high uh, church uh, with fixed liturgy. Uh, and um, and this, this, is, this really fits with a family church. Having a meeting where, where you have a certain theme, and, and, uh, and it can be spontaneous, but it can also be uh, organized. So, so some theme, and somebody has a reading or a, a poem, or or just a story. Something you have, uh, something has happened in your life. Some just a story, or uh, um, or a drawing, or a song, and everybody has a contribution, or many will have a contribution. And it can also be uh, combined with the time of worship, and in the time of worship. God may give a rev- may, may give a revelation, something that that has uh, something that comes from the spirit, uh, and, and and when you do such a thing, it, uh, the, also the supernatural things become more natural. I, I I always try to do that in the in the church where I in the Baptist, in the in the Pentecostal church. Sometimes things become a little bit too spiritual, you know, um, and and uh, too. Uh, Demonstrative, demonstrative is that the word? Don't say. Um, uh, too much, almost like um, uh, showing off or a contest. Uh, that was the problem in the Corinthians church, in, uh, with the Corinthians, and um, and uh, and then um, you have to bring it down to to something very normal. So when we have prayer, we had prayer meetings. Um, even when you have a prayer meeting with, with a lot of people who are very free with the gift of the Spirit. We sometimes had to tone things down. Just, just um, uh, we would just at some point we just talk together what 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 God would give uh, to us, and we talked about it, and we even make jokes about it, and we kind of having fun, and and at the same time God was 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 uh, telling us something, and sometimes people had a problem with that. They said, "Now we have to pray. We are not praying. It's a prayer meeting." But we were sharing together. Uh, and and um, actually, God was doing His work, and then it was very easy just to pray and to pray for one another. So it's it's a very, in a way, also very informal, natural, and, and not all of a sudden with a different tone of voice. So speak of the Lord. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit speaks King James version or something. <laughs> it's nonsense. So um, so that is, that may be something for for you as a, as a congregation to. To explore what you could do with this, um, and uh, and have meetings like this, maybe on another time of the of the week. Um, now, in, in the in the Corinthian church, uh, as I told you, it, it, it was a very charismatic church, very much a Pentecostal church, more than other churches that Paul planted. So they became different churches, even shortly after Paul had planted these churches. Um, and, and also as a result of a wrong theology, the, the, the Greek thinking, uh, things have gone wrong. Um, and and as, uh, for some reason, um, in this church, the, the, the gift of tongues was considered the highest gift. 
We can, we can guess why, because uh, it's the most spiritual gift from the outside looking. A word of wisdom is nice, but okay. Or a word of instruction is also it's okay. Or, 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 but um, well, healing is also so, yeah, miraculous healing. That also appeals. But speaking in tongues, that was really very spiritual. Because it was not you, it was the spirit, and it was different. Um, and, and, and so they found that very important for some reason. And Paul needs to correct it uh, and, uh, without um, diminishing the, the gift of tongues. He doesn't want to diminish it, but he wants to put it in the proper place. So the teaching he has uh, that the gifts of the Spirit should always work towards unity. If there, if, if, there, if there is anything in your church going about the gifts of the Spirit and it gives disunity, it's not good. Uh, and the gifts of the Spirit should always serve the other and not yourself. Um, and, and the gifts of the, of the Spirit are always um, under the, the law of love. Uh, and and that, that should always be um, um, the main goal. I remember in the, in the Pentecostal church in, in, in the previous city where I was a pastor, um, sometimes there was something like speaking in tongues or praying in tongues out loud. It, it, it was a bit like in a five-minute session or something like that. It was a bit strange for me that, that, that there was nothing in the third. And all of a sudden, uh, it was like it was in the, in the service, a five-minute time. And there was one, uh, one woman <coughs> in the front... Uh, and she was very loud, very loud, loud voice. And, and, all, and, and, and she started all of a sudden, and then the people around her got scared. They, they got frightened. What's happening here? You know? and, and they were not uh, feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit. They were just feeling her presence. <laughs> and so at some point I went to her and said, I asked her to, to do things differently. Well, she was very offended. That was probably the fruit of the spirit. I don't know, but she was very offended, <laughs> and she was very angry, and uh, because I was hin- I was stopping her, and and later it it, it, it became okay. Um, but um, see, it, it is not uh, Paul did, didn't want any demonstration of outward spirituality, no contest, but but serving the other, and 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 maybe then it's better if you want to pray in tongues, is to pray softly. Or within yourself, why demonstrate it uh, if it doesn't serve God's purpose? Now, that's the context that that Paul speaks about uh, prophecy and, um, and and tongues. And let's read what he says. He says uh, um, he starts in chapter fourteen: follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. So that's the order of things. Eh? Follow the way of love, and he described it in chapter 13, and eagerly desire a gift of the Spirit. So both is true. He wants to hold uh, both together. And then he says, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. <coughs> Indeed, no one understands them. But they utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesy, prophesies speaks to the people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in the tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Um, so this is um, 
where uh, where Paul makes this this, this uh, comparison between um, between speaking in tongues and and prophesying. Let's first um, say something about uh, uh, prophesying. Is anybody uh, in in this gathering familiar with um, a word of prophecy? Anybody? Raise your hand if you've ever had a word of prophecy. Okay, so that's quite a, quite a lot of people. And so, um, uh, as I explained to you before, a word of prophecy is not a prediction of the future, um, but um, it is it is. Uh, when, when the Holy Spirit gives something in your heart or in your mind and, and you um, feel this is not just for me but it's for somebody else or it is for the church and then you still have the freedom how to communicate that you can say I have a word of prophecy but you can also just say what, what the content is you know? say can I share something with you just um, sometimes the last is even better because if you say this is a word of prophecy, the other one cannot make any objections anymore. Uh, I, I remember I was once in a, cl- in, a, in, a, in a conference or a seminar about, uh, pro- about the prophetic. It was, a, it was an American woman and she lived in Britain and, and she was in Holland and, and it was amazing. She was uh, it's an amazing prophet in a very amazing way. Uh, but she, she, she gave us teaching and she, she always said um, if you say something to the other and it is clearly a word of prophecy ask the other if, it, if it's correct ask the other is this correct it's a bit frightening maybe because the other one can say no <laughs> <laughs> but, but just, just and, 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 uh, and the other person could, should also be able to ask questions about it because sometimes a word of prophecy is a little bit vague. You know, I see it vased with flowers. Okay. Uh, what does it mean? But, but so, um, uh, the other, the other, you can ask the one who has this, um, yeah, this inner revelation or a prayer that, or a word that comes from God to make it more clear. And then maybe you have to say, I don't know. Well, what I always teach to the believers is if you have something in your heart for another person and you think it is from God, but it's not clear for yourself what it means, don't say it. Don't give a vague uh, uh, message. Uh, but, but pray about it. Lord, what, is you, what do you want to say with this? Now, it's not always like that because sometimes when you talk with the other person, you pray with the other person, it becomes more clear. Uh, while you're talking and praying with the other person. Uh, I often have that ex- experience. Um, but, but it should never come across as, this is the Word of God. Uh, uh, because actually, you can also be mistaken. Or what you say can be partly true. It's often mixed with your own thoughts. And there's not, nothing wrong about it, because that's how God works. And God works... Uh, even in the Old Testament, he works with prophets, but they were also people. They all had their own style and their own kinds of words. And, and, and um, so uh, when you share something and you feel it's from God, it's, it's always mixed with your own personality and your own words, um, which is also true, for instance, when you preach. When you preach, you can sense this is something God wants to say. Or this is something for this moment. 
Sometimes you even have the impression I have to change what I have prepared because I need to say this now. Um, and so, so you experience God's leading, but at the same time, you make the message. It's your words. So uh, otherwise there is the danger in prophecy of manipulation, of uh, uh, overruling the other one, um, and taking away the freedom of the one who listens and the uh, um, the, the autonomy, is that the word? Autonomous. Every person is autonomous, is, is, is his own person and, and we should never rule over others and that's the danger with prophecy. That's why Paul says here, it is always, it's, it needs to be strengthening, encouraging and comforting. So if it's not either of these three, then don't say it because it might be that you're some simple way a bit irritated or in disagreement, or uh, whatever, and then you put that in your message. Now, there is also prophecy that's more saying something about the future, or it's more directive, or sometimes even co corrective, but that's not for everyday uh, prophesying. That is, uh, that is something that needs to be shared with the leadership. So I think God puts this in my, my heart, but it is rather severe or whatever and then they will need to pray about it and maybe they are the ones to share it with another person so normally prophecy in the gathering of the believers needs to be strengthening encouraging and comforting and and the other person may not even be aware that it is a word of prophecy you're just encouraging the other one but god has given you a leading in how to do that Sometimes it's rather complicated. You speak with somebody and say, okay, sometimes I speak with somebody and, and I feel, oh, I do not agree with you. I think this person is wrong. But I don't want to say that. So I'm, I'm praying, Lord, what, how, can I, how can I reach the heart of this person and, and, in a loving way? And, and then God often gives a, just a way of saying things or a, or a certain example comes into your mind or, or, or maybe even something has this happened in your life it's a word of knowledge sometimes and then, and then the person uh, you immediately uh, have, have uh, opened a door uh, and you've, been, you've gone through this resistance or whatever and there is no discussion anymore so that's the, that's the prophetic it's the it, it, it is not so much a word of prophecy and you just speak it and it's it, but it's more in a prophetic way uh, God helps you to be strengthening, encouraging and comforting. That's, uh, that's prophecy. Now, um, that, uh, I spoke with one of you about the fact that it is a bit com uh, confusing that prophecy is the only gift that is mentioned in all three of the series. Uh, uh, in, in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 and also in Ephesians 4 so it's a, it's a bit confusing what's the difference and um, so we spoke about that and, 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 and I said well in, in, in Romans 12 it is a prophetic kind of person I already explained that before so you can, not, you can, you can even be a prophetic person and not be a Christian it's just the, the kind of person you are and God uses that in his kingdom, in his service. But it's a kind of person. It's not always an easy person to deal with because they can be pretty strong and, and confronting sometimes even. 
uh, find truth very important uh, and challenging and things that are not true. So um, that's the prophetic person. Well, in 1 Corinthians 12, it is um, the Holy Spirit um, working in a prophetic way through a believer. So then it's not, you cannot say, it's my gift. I have the gift of prophecy. You cannot say, I am a prophet. But God works through you in a prophetic way. And some people are more free and more experienced and more um, open for the prophetic. It's, uh, it's, uh, uh, for instance, Evelyn, my wife, is much more open for that than I am uh, in, uh, in hearing God's uh, prophetic uh, uh, voice. So, so um, and then in Ephesians 4, it is the prophet, and that means that um, then it is part of the leadership. So, it doesn't mean that somebody in the leadership only prophesies. That's a nice way of being a leader in the church, you know? What do you do in the church? Well, once in a while I have a word of prophecy, and that's my, my thing, you know? No, of course not. You are a leader in all the aspects of leadership, including the, the things that are not so nice, and you have to make the decisions, but within the leadership, you are, you are the one with a, uh, with a more prophetic uh, in, uh, input. Insight. Yes, an insight, but also input in the, in, the, in the leadership. And actually, it's very nice to have a person like that on the team. And it also can be that somebody grows into being a prophet, uh, which is um, more than in the local church. And, and, and also recognized in that way. I, I wish there would be more of those, but it has disappeared a little bit. In the days of Paul, and also if you read in the book of Acts, Paul would, would be traveling around and he would meet people, and they were prophets. And they were recognized as prophets. So why not today? It could happen. But um, um, first of all, it is a, a leadership role, and a specific kind of leadership role. So that's uh, that about um, prophecy. So... That also means that if you, um, if you are, feel free to prophesy and you're in a church where prophecy is not so well known, you easily have the feeling that you are the prophet. Because, you know, and we have the saying in Holland, uh, in the land of the blind, one eye is king. Yeah. Yeah? Uh, but, but actually, I, I think, um, that's my belief, that uh, uh, prophecy should actually be something very normal. It should actually be very common in a church and in everyday life of a believer. The speaking of God, hearing God's voice, uh, knowing this is what God says when you read the scripture or, or when you pray, should actually be very normal. Because God is speaking constantly, but we don't hear it. And, and uh, so we have to be much more open for that and, and grow in it. Uh, when I'm in a prayer meeting and, and I have, have not received any, um, any speaking of God, I'm disappointed. I, 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 I'm expecting, and every, every time I pray, I'm expecting God to say something or, or reveal something. And it often happens. I am very, very dependent on, um, on, uh, on meeting with believers, a prayer meeting. It's a bit strange because normally I'm a, more of a a solo uh, person, I can be very, I can be comfortable on my own, um, which is a bit strange for a pastor. But, uh, but, but when, I, when I want God to speak, I need other believers, which is different for Evelyn. Evelyn uh, can very easily be by herself, and, and then she has a conversation with God. 
but I rarely have that. I need the believers. Uh, maybe God did this on purpose, I don't know, but um, sometimes though, when there is a group of believers and I can pray with and God's Spirit is there, uh, uh, my, my, my sermon for the next Sunday is ready. I know exactly what I need to say. I need to prepare something, but it, it's in my mind, I just know this is what I need to say this coming Sunday. And, and so that's why I find it very, uh, very profitable when there is a prayer meeting because it saves time. <laughs> <laughs> now, that, 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 that's something about prophecy. Um, but now about tongues, because Paul here, um, he, he says, uh, now it, it, sometimes this is interpreted, this chapter, as if Paul is trying to diminish tongues, as if he is negative about tongues. In some churches where they don't like the gift of the Spirit, they will always quote this. Uh, uh, the, you know that in, in chapter 12, the tongues is always mentioned at the end. And, and I think that is on purpose. Because uh, for the Corinthians, it was on top and he put it at the bottom. Paul said it's, so he put other things first. Uh, because he wanted to reverse things in their, in their uh, thinking. But, uh, but he's not negative about tongues. He actually, he says some very beautiful things about tongues in this chapter, which you cannot find anywhere else in the Bible. Um, so what does he say here about tongues? Um, he says that um, he says it is to edify yourself. Well, who wants to edify himself or herself? Come on. Everybody. Yet you, you want to so it's building up yourself. It is doing something good for yourself. Um, and then he continues uh, <coughs> speaking. Uh, first of all, he says something more about, uh, about um, prophecy. Eh? Um, because the, the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues. Unless someone interprets. So that the church may be edified. Now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I do to you? Unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction. So, um, Paul says, in the gathering of believers, um, the, the, the gift of tongues is not the, 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 the most prominent gift. Because it needs to be, it needs to have a message. It needs to say something. So, prophecy is much better in the gathering of believers. And obviously, that was something, uh, it was different in the, in the Corinthian church. But then he continues, uh, and that is very interesting what he says here. He says, um, uh, uh, first of all, he says, um, uh, okay, yeah, first of all, what he says here at the beginning, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. Hallelujah. <laughs> I would like every one of you to speak. So he said, uh, uh, Paul is very positive here about speaking in tongues, but he says, in the gathering of the believers, there is something else much more, pro uh, much, much more important. And then he continues about this praying in tongues, <coughs> speaking in tongues. He says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. Otherwise, when you are praising God in the Spirit, how can someone else who is now put in position of an inquirer say, Amen to your thanksgiving, since they do not know what you are saying? Now, this is very important. You have to pay attention to this. Um, it, it, we usually only think about speaking in tongues, but here it is praying in, 
a tongue or praying in tongues and also um, singing with my spirit and um, praising God in the spirit and even thanksgiving is mentioned so um, so what Paul says here and it was, it was a great revelation for me uh, uh, because I was struggling with this uh, speaking in tongues um, he says it is something that I do with my spirit without using my mind my, uh, so it's a bit strange it's out of my mind yeah? so uh, we don't want to be out of, but, but it's without using your, your, uh, uh, your grey matter here uh, and um, so I wanted to, to show you a picture, but I couldn't find it, uh, which I sometimes use when, uh, in, uh, even in evangelism, uh, when you go back to, to the very beginning, God created uh, a man with a spirit, a spiritual man. So, so it's, it's, uh, it's the body, and it's the soul, and there is the spirit. And the spirit is then very big in the circle. And God is spirit, and there is direct communication between God's spirit and, and the spirit of man. And from the spirit of man, a, 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 a human being rules over his own uh, soul, his own in, inner life, and over his body, and through his body he rules over creation, physical creation. That is the way God has created it. And then because of sin there is a separation, and, and the, and the uh, connection between spirit and spirit is, is uh, broken. And the spirit within man becomes very small. So then I make this circle and, and the and spirit is still there, but it's very small, like a marble inside. Because every person, every living human being is still a spiritual being. The spirit is there, but it's very small and it's not able to communicate with God's spirit anymore. Something is broken. Uh, 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 we have to, even if we, if we uh, find Christ and find salvation, we still have to learn how to relearn how to communicate with God as God created it. And um, so the connection is, is remade and then we can again uh, 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 rule over our own life through our spirit. So uh, you please go back over the sequence of God's spirit, our spirit communicating, <coughs> and then how we rule over various right. aspects, because that's new teaching. So oh, it's help yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, it's actually uh, uh, almost like the basics, eh? because this is uh, the, the this is what uh, what you what you can use when it's uh, uh, when you speak with people who don't know God, um, and it actually appeals to modern people because modern people are very open for the spiritual things. Just uh, next door to your church, there is this other church, yeah, and they 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 actually they're trying to do this, make the connection again. You, that to revive the spirit within man, but they don't understand that there is also a spiritual world uh, uh, apart from God and with evil spirits, and they call it angels. But uh, and and probably they, they mean well. Uh, in, in in New Age, the, the people try to uh, to revive this spirit within them, have the connection with the spiritual world, because people are still able to do that, and God forbids it. He said no. Because he knows the danger of that. But he wants us to have this... Uh, he also wants us to revive this spirit within us through the Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit comes in our lives. There is a very close communication then between God's spirit and our spirit. And, and, um, um, and 
that that is uh, that is not something that when you become a Christian, it's just there and it, and it's done. It, 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 we have we have to relearn this because we don't know how to communicate with God. We, we don't know how to listen. Even in the Old Testament, you read stories about, for instance, uh, uh, Samuel. You know, hears God's voice and he doesn't know what it is. Uh, you read in, in Samuel chapter four, he hears Samuel, Samuel. Who is that? And and uh, and three times, and then and then the and then the, the priest uh, uh, he says, well, uh, maybe God is speaking. And then it says there in the Bible because for in those days uh, people were, would not hear God's voice anymore. Well, that's the days we live in. Uh, and, and so even in those days, there were times that God was not speaking, uh, and people were not getting, God, hearing God's voice. And when Samuel heard God's voice, heard God's voice, it, it was new. But um, what I find so, so important, I found it important for myself, so I thought, okay, because I was a rational person, I wanted to have control, uh, and I wanted to understand things, and suddenly I understood, okay, so when I pray, or when I speak in the, in, in the Spirit, or when I pray in the Spirit, I do not use my mind, but something happens through the Holy Spirit within me, uh, and it bypasses my rational thinking. Uh, and and, uh, and uh, there is a, a direct communication between my spirit and God's spirit. And, and it doesn't need to be expressed in words. It can happen just inside of you. Often it is inside of you. But it, it is possible for the spirit to, to then uh, uh, utter these things through your mouth. In your, in your brain there is the speech center so the speech center is activated but it's not activated by your brains it's bypassed and um, and that's, that is a little bit of a weird experience I think for the first believers it was as well it was happening um, but the, 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 it, but it can also you can also uh, not speak and then it's called praying in tongues or praying in the spirit. I like that expression much more actually than in tongues, also because of the tension around it. You're praying in the spirit. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. You're praying in the spirit, um, or you're singing in the spirit. Uh, and and, and it, 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 we have beautiful songs, beautiful texts, and, but uh, it, it, sometimes it feels a bit confined. You need to sing the song, and you, sing, you need to sing it twice, and you need to sing three times, and, but then you can also sing in spirit. Um, sometimes I'm, I'm humming a bit, and sometimes I just feel now I am actually uh, singing in the spirit. Uh, and it's, if you do that together, it is very beautiful. Uh, there's a, a prayer group in our church where we have a very we have great freedom to do that. I mean, it's just like being in heaven. It's so beautiful. Um, but it's only a small part of the church. So a uh, small part is Pentecostal church. The rest of the church <laughs> is not involved. And, uh, but um, sometimes we want to introduce it a little bit in the Sunday morning meeting. But then there are always people who say, oh, where's the interpretation? Uh, because that's in chapter 14. They say, well, interpretation of tongues is necessary when there is a message in tongues. If somebody stands up and has a message in tongues, and speaks in tongues, it has no meaning unless somebody interprets. But when you pray in tongues or when you 
worship in tongues, it's not a message. You're just worshiping God with your spirit. That doesn't need any translation. By the way, um, if you do that, it's one of the things that I have discovered. If, you, um, if, if we learn to worship and pray in the spirit, it, it uh, sets free the gift of prophecy. It's very often. If that's what we learn in Bible school as well. We, we would pray in tongues, sometimes out loud, and then we would have a time of silence because God would speak, and there was always revelation. And it was always kicked off, in a way, by the, the gift of tongues. It, 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 it would set something free. Um, and I thought of that when, when Maki used that example of the switch, you know, the, uh, putting on the switch. Uh, in my life, the, the gift of, of tongues or the gift of praying in the Spirit is like the switch. If I do that, and I usually do that when I'm alone, when I go for a walk and I pray, and it's usually just quiet within myself, um, then God starts to speak or make something clear. But also in the gathering of believers, when you do that, God starts to work. Not just with revelation, but <coughs> often also with healing. Also, often inner healing. God will do a work of healing. Uh, or just giving clarity about your situation. And it's often the gift of tongues. So what I found out, and what you may sometimes uh, hear uh, when you are in uh, charismatic circles, is that, that, that and, and that's what I discovered, the gift of tongues, in a way, is the least important, because it's not a gift of communication, but in another sense, it's the most important. Because it's like the, the spiritual engine in your life. So it's not just some extra, some people have this gift or do something with it, but, well, in the church meeting, it doesn't really have any meaning, let's just study scripture, and that's enough. Um, but it is, um, it's, like, uh, it's like a spiritual uh, source of energy in yourself that can enlighten the Word of God, or can guide you through the Word of God. Or, and, and, it, 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 and it also uh, can give you... Um, passion for something, or freedom to express something, uh, or, um, or revelation about what to say to another person, or how to pray for another person. That it's often because of the gift of tongues. Um, so, if you, if you have a bit of a problem with that word tongue, um, then maybe you, it actually also means languages, then use the expression um, praying in the spirit, or worshiping in the spirit. If, if you would learn that and you would not say anything, I would already be very happy. Because it is so good for you, for your spiritual life. And it's good for fellowship. And then if, uh, if, there, if it's out loud and it's nice, uh, if you're comfortable with that, but that's not the most important thing. That is what Paul tried to tone down. Because he, he wanted to, to, to uh, when it comes to the gift of tongues and praying in the Spirit, he he, he said, it's important for yourself. You need it for yourself. Now, that's what I wanted to, to share with you. Um, and um, I also thought of this verse in John 4, where, where Jesus meets with this Samaritan woman. And uh, it's very nice when he meets with this woman. And it's, it's, it's probably a sinful woman. And she's a Samaritan. And she's a woman. So... And she wouldn't speak with a woman, and especially not when somebody, when a woman was alone. Jesus speaks with her on equal terms. He even, with, 
within a few seconds he, t he speaks with her about worshipping that's a spiritual uh, discussion with this woman and, and then he says these, these important words he, he says um, the father um, I said, the hour is coming and now is when true worshippers will worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father is seeking such to worship him God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth now what does it mean in spirit and truth um, you can even ask the question do you have to write the word spirit with a small s or with a capital S what do you think Both? Both? Yeah. In, in Greek, you don't have capital, uh, capital, so it's not clear. But uh, is, it say, is Jesus saying you need to worship with your spirit? Or is he saying you need to worship in the spirit, the spirit of God? But I think it's both. It's the, uh, um, it, it is the, the spirit of God who's present, and you worship through the spirit with your spirit. <coughs> and then he says, and also in truth, it needs to be. It needs to be true. It, it, it shouldn't be a game. It should not be untrue. It, it, it should fit with your life. Uh, um, when, 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 when a stranger walks into your gathering and there is a, the, the work of the Holy Spirit in some way is there, then they will immediately sense whether it is true and honest or whether it is, you know... Uh, Outward appearance <coughs> or show, and somebody walks in, he immediately knows. And when it is true, um, we had a time in our church when there was this worship. Uh, also, uh, a small, just a moment of. Sometimes we have a worship service, so there is a, a, just a little bit of preaching and more worship. Sometimes it's the other way around. There's more preaching and, and short piece part of worship, but this was a larger time of worship, worship and um, it was very beautiful worship and at some point there was also uh, worshipping in, in tongues it was not very clear but I heard it going on and, and uh, Evelyn had brought someone from the shop uh, he calls himself a Buddhist uh, but he comes in her shop because he likes the atmosphere and Evelyn always says yes, it's because we pray for you we say, we are, this, is, this is the atmosphere of God yeah, yeah, yeah uh, so, um, but he was in the service and he, he loved it. He said, "This is so special. I have never heard singing like this." And so, um, now somebody who is very frightened of the gift of the Spirit would say, "Oh, you see, this is uh, uh, Buddhist likes it, so it's not good." <laughs> <laughs> and I think, no, people are looking for something that is true, that is that is truly um, uh, spiritual. Uh, uh, and, and he felt this, this, was, this was honest, this was true, this was from God. He, was, he wanted to know more about it, because God's spirit was working. Is that why it says that tongues are sung for non-believers? Yes. Yeah, I was hoping nobody asked, would ask the question. <laughs> 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 that's, that's, that's the difficult verse in this chapter, which yeah. is difficult to understand. It may even be uh, wrongly translated, but... Yes, uh, uh, but yeah, it could be, could be. It, 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 it was, um, if, if it, if in some meetings, also Pentecostal churches, you walk in and anybody who doesn't believe says, this is a strange bunch of people. What a weird thing. Ooh, I never want to be here again. But if it is true, 
and it is sensitive and it is loving and it is when the Holy Spirit is moving it's always um, sensitive and uh, lovely That's, uh, I like the English word lovely it's, lovely. Yeah. it's not hard it's not pushing um, and um, so that also when we had this meeting this morning or it was in the afternoon you had this drawing about uh, and not pushing things uh, uh, it was like a, a pushing somebody into the water. He wants others to go into the water and to go deeper, but you shouldn't push the other one in. And uh, she, will, she will show you the drawing uh, on the next Sunday. Um, maybe make a bigger one. Uh, but it's, it's nice, because the Holy Spirit never pushes. He's never pressured. He is a gentleman. And he does things in a little bit. He is inviting you. And um, so... That's what I wanted to say about it. I mean, it's very difficult to, for me, I wish I could, when we have this gathering in this weekend, I could just pull the switch. <coughs> but it doesn't work like that. It, 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 it's something you have to uh, eagerly desire, and then in your own prayer life, I, I would encourage you, in meetings, in worship time, but also in your prayer time, try to make this step to worship with your spirit. And and for me, that only works when I pray in the spirit. Do it quietly, then, because other people are walking there. But uh, and pray <coughs> in the spirit, and that helps for me. And I love to be in a gathering where there is worshiping in the spirit, because it does something to me, and it does something to other people. And you're worshiping the spirit, and so don't be afraid of that, because it is uh, it is such a uh, yeah, it's such a strong engine in your in your life. Um, now, I want to. I would like to end with. Uh, we're running out of time. Eh? Fifty minutes. I would just. I like to use some time for us to pray for one another. Um, don't be afraid. I won't tell you to, to, to pray in tongues or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, that, that's it. But just to pray for one another and to bless one another. And I want to. Uh, to end with just um, giving you a last one, last to the zoom. That's this one. Uh, that is what Jesus gives his um, instructions about how to pray. Uh, we, 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 we all know this prayer. We probably know it. Uh, you know, we memorized it. Um, but I, I, at some point, I found out Jesus is not just giving us content of prayer. But he, he teaches the disciples a way to pray. Um, there are three great instructions in the Bible from Jesus. We know that the first is the great commandment is to love God and to love one another. The other is the great commission, go into the world. And this is what I call the great prayer, my own edition. <laughs> because that's the, one of the first things that Jesus taught his disciples was, was to pray. And he teaches them a certain way of praying, which is... Um, he uses a, 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 a verb that we don't use anymore in normal language. It, it, it's the, it's the, and it fits with the blessing. It's, it's a, it is not, a, not in a commanding way, but it's a combination of wishing and commanding. Uh, and for instance, when you say, uh, when you say uh, to the queen, we say, all hail to the queen or whatever, what do you say? Or, uh, What's the Lord bless the Queen. God bless the Queen. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, or when, uh, when you have a blessing at the end of the service, the Lord 
bless you and we protect you. Yeah. It's this kind of language. We don't use it anymore, but that's the style of that Jesus taught his disciples. He wanted his disciples to pray in a blessing way, but also with authority. And that is a topic that is very strong in the New Testament, that, that uh, God says, you are priests. You are a royal priesthood. And, and you, you, you are, a priest is, is, is someone who blesses, but with authority. And it used to be only for a few, now it's for all believers. So we uh, have to learn to um, be in authority. And it, why do I say that? Because uh, that is very closely related to prophecy. I, 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 spoke about, I spoke about the relationship between speaking of praying in tongues and prophecy, but also... Um, it has to do with another way of praying. For instance, I can practice with Maki. I can say, you know, uh, God, please, um, can you bless Maki? Thank you for Maki. And, and uh, will you bless him and with him? Oh, it's a nice prayer. So it's, it's how we also pray. But when I bless Maki, I don't say, God, would you bless Maki? But I say, Maki, I bless you. I bless you with the blessing of God, with God's presence in your life. Because God is working strongly in your life. And I, um, when I pray this, I, I think of the word authority. God wants to confirm you, and also in your own heart, He wants to confirm you. Um, because... Um, You've come uh, a long way. You come from a simple family, a poor family, uh, and um, maybe people around you would say, "Oh, it's just Maki." But you have uh, God's calling for you is to stand tall, and um, and that is also under the surface. I see this in your life here strong conviction uh, with love and uh, with laughter but strong conviction and God blesses you and <coughs> will confirm it in the ways you will go in Jesus name Amen, Amen. so you know I'm praying in the, uh, I'm, I'm praying in a blessing way so and it sounds a bit a lot of believers have a problem with that how can I say I bless you God blesses well, how, how can I who am I? Well, you are the one who blesses. So you have to be able to take it. And sometimes we practice this with, with students, and some could just not get it out of their throat. They couldn't say it. Uh, uh, it's like a you know, feeling of inferiority and being unimportant. God is holy, and I am unholy, and I am a sinner, and I have to bow down, and I have to give my life in obedience. We all know that. That is true. That's the beginning. But God wants you to stand up and, and um, take charge of your spiritual life and then the Holy Spirit will confirm it. And then, and then if you do that, if you start to pray for somebody in this way, God will give revelation. And sometimes it helps to, to do this in tongues, you know, or in the spirit. Sometimes we do that when we pray for somebody. We say, we, put, we now put you under, this, under the shower of the Holy Spirit. So with the three of us, we would just stand around the person and, and, and then pray in the Spirit. 
and let the Spirit do His work. He knows best. But while we do that, we, we know, okay, this is what, what God wants me to pray for. And we say it in words. Now, um, I don't want to put pressure on you when you have a time of prayer, but I would like you to make groups of three or four, maybe four, and it would be good if, uh, if uh, one of the elders or, or one of the uh, former elders, like you are, and uh, maybe uh, those who are uh, part of a prayer team or worship leaders or whatever, to, um, to join, uh, to be one of the groups, so they, the elders will know what is happening and they can also give some safety, but I, I'm, on the other hand, I have... I've discovered you're all very mature believers, so it's not a problem. Just have a, t a short time, um, and then um, a, a, a bit of instruction with that. Um, so, no uh, long prayers, and, 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 and try not to say thank you. It's a bit difficult. It's, it's good to say thank you, but now it is, please start with, um, I bless you. And then the rest will follow. Mm -hmm. I believe in the rest. I bless you. And then just pray for me. I bless you with all the goodness from God's heart. He will confirm you. He will be with you. Uh, I bless you with, with the strength of the Spirit wants to give to you. And then uh, that's a, that's a, that we can pray that for anybody. But then then some maybe God will add something <coughs> to it. So because I want to challenge you to to um, to to pray in a new way somewhat more bold way and, uh, and, and, and in your heart the others, well, well someone is praying from the four, so we are sitting with a group of four and one is praying the others just pray silently in the spirit in your heart pray in the spirit and, and also try to, to listen to God now we don't pray all, it's not, it's not that all three of, of you have to pray for one because then it, it, it takes too much time so one person prays for one other but if one of the other four has a specific impression that you think that it's for the other one, you can, you can say it. So not three prayers, just one prayer and maybe some additions from the Holy Spirit. Okay?